Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yeah, across the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, good morning and welcome to the program. It is The Michael Luke Show, broadcasting live across uh, the great white north with you and uh, enjoying just another beautiful day here in paradise, uh, 23 degrees outside right now, the old radio ranch, and it is um, it's Halloween. Spooky. Look at me. I dressed up like an old man today. I dressed up like an old radio show host. How's it look? Is it a good is it a good look for me? I just I want to know. Um hey, how are you? Welcome to the program. Want to remind you, of course, that this hour of the program is being brought to you by your friends over there at Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. That's uh, for all your communications needs, remote communications. Uh, you know, if you're up in the Brooks Range or, you know, <clears throat> up on the North Slope somewhere or out west or out down to um, Amelia Island, which is way down there on the end of the Aleutian chain, um, which <clears throat> it's a beautiful place. I've been there. Uh, you can uh, you can you can be in connection. You can have a send a text message or check your email or surf the Internet or make a phone call with the help of the folks over there at Satellite West. So uh, just go check them out. SatelliteWest.com, proud sponsors of this hour of the big radio program. All righty. <clears throat> Today, what do we got? Well, we're continuing. This whole week, in fact, uh, is already, uh, it's booked up. Uh, we got lots of stuff going on. Uh, Scott Kawasaki in hour one today. Scott Kawasaki is going to be joining us. Kevin McCabe also in hour two of the big show today. So Senate and then um, uh, and then uh, House, State House. Tomorrow on the program, it will be Brad Keithley and Chris Story, although Chris Story is going to be in the final segment of Hour 2. And in the middle, Brendan Carpenter, who's running for State House, will be joining us. We snuck one in there. Yeah. Then on Friday, it's Jim Matherly and uh, Nick Begich. Uh, and uh, on uh, Thursday... Jamie Allard and Chris By, and then uh, next week uh, it's going to be Mike Shower and Sarah Vance. Whew, man, <clears throat> it's full. It's full. Welcome to it. Uh, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, I'm feeling it. I'm. Uh, it's Monday, and I am definitely feeling the Monday. Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> I did absolutely nothing yesterday. I literally laid around the house. It was my first day off in like 15 days, and I was just like, wow. Uh, <laughs> I was ready, and uh, I'm still not quite recovered. Still not quite recovered, but it's going to be uh, It's gonna be good. Um, all right. 
you guys all ready to do this thing? Should we dive into the headlines and see what's going on uh, around the state of Alaska? Some uh, some interesting stuff uh, for sure. Uh, I don't know how many of you caught this. Um, I know I did because I was cruising through YouTube yesterday afternoon as I sat on the couch like a great big lump. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. I was just surfing YouTube, man. Looking at videos on how to make this stream better here on the show and do all kinds. I mean, you know, I mean, it was kind of work, but it was just relaxing. But what did I catch while I'm watching this thing? While I'm watching the YouTubes, I caught it twice. Um, two ladies pop up on the screen and I go, they look real familiar. Who are they? Oh, oh, oh. Heidi Dragas and Jessica Cook appear side by side in this joint campaign ad that they where they are just desperate desperate I tell you to uh, eliminate Mike Dunleavy an unprecedented move Taylor made for Alaskan's new voting system two different campaigns for governor released a joint ad urging voters to rank uh, them either first or second so it was a rank the blue ad essentially um, although Dragus is officially an independent and I understand how that works, but anyway, <clears throat> it's not a new message for our Bill Walker, who has had uh, democratic candidates working with him in the past. You'll recall the whole, uh, uh, you know, Walker Malott ticket, right? Um, but both Bill Walker and Les Guerra have now indicated not only have they indicated in the past that they'd vote for each other, but it's the first time their campaigns have actually put put a joint ad together. And um, I got to tell you, it's pretty amazing. Uh, we're uniting because our teams agree, says Dragas. Alaska can't afford four more years of Mike Dunleavy. They, they cited education funding. They said he absolutely gutted the marine highway system, and he gutted the university. That was the the <clears throat> what? Um, so remember when Mike Dunleavy first put out that first budget, and it was um, you know it was all uh, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth because he had proposed one hundred and twenty million dollars in cuts, um, and then in the long run. They only ended up making, what did they end up making? I, I think they ended up making $60 million. In, they didn't make end up making half of them. And now the, 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 the universities got even more money. I just love how they, they put all these things together. Um, now, it's interesting to note that the, both Walker and Garris spent the, the first weeks of the campaign basically bickering over issues on which they appeared to agree. And uh, but they've come together now in Kumbaya. They've got, they're the only pro-choice tickets in the state. Um, Bill Walker has said that he would set his personal pro-life views on abortions aside, and if elected, protect the provision that allows for the procedure in Alaska because he's a politician and uh, his personal press. You know his personal. He, he doesn't. His principles don't matter. Just just elect him. He'll do whatever you want. Um, <clears throat> now, interestingly enough, Dunleavy had sent a piece out, a campaign mailer out earlier this month, claiming that Guerra is the only pro-choice candidate 
and that Guerra is too pro-choice for Alaska. And some of the political observers wondered, why would he put out a piece that was so pro, I mean, not pro-Guerra, but mentioned Guerra so prominently? And many of the, the observers was wondering if it was part of an effort to bolster Guerra's campaign amongst the left-leaning voters, basically trying to make sure that Guerra won because he was polling even better against Guerra than he was against Walker, although he polls against both of them very well. It's just, it's pretty much, you know, he, he wanted, he would rather face Guerra than Walker in the end. Um, anyway, uh, political consultant, Jim Lotzfeld said that the months of internal bickering between Walker and Guerra on progressive hot button issues like abortion and education funding have allowed Dunleavy to comfortably cruise through the campaign. He said, less Guerra spent more time trying to pull better than Bill Walker than make the case that Mike Dunleavy shouldn't be reelected. And you could probably say the same thing about Bill Walker in reverse to less. Those two had to contend with each other when the number uh, one task is to make a case not to reelect Dunleavy, and they squabbled and he waltzed by. He, he also said, which I find very clear thinking and analysis, Lotzfeld compared the relationship so far between Garrett and Walker to that between Republican U.S. House candidates Sarah Palin and Nick Begich, who for months have subtly and not so subtly attacked each other over uh, even uh, while instructing voters to rank the red in an effort to beat Mary Peltola. But uh, this is a, I mean, this is an interesting campaign tactic. I don't know if you saw it, but I just, I just rolled my eyes by the time it was over, but I couldn't, and I couldn't skip it. That was the, the first, anyway, it was very educational. It, 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 it uh, reeks of desperation, uh, just reeks of desperation. That's that's how that's how I'm reading it right now. I think it's I'm, it just reeks of desperation. Speaking of Sarah Palin and uh, uh, Nick Baggage, Sarah Palin, I don't know who she's throwing under the bus on this, but she told Steve Bannon on the War Room podcast that she had stopped working with her campaign uh, campaign consultants, that they had given her quote unquote crappy advice, and that she's now managing her own campaign. She's not raising money, she said, but instead going into the general election on the strength of her reputation, which that might be a mistake. Um, Fundraising, according to Suzanne Downing, fundraising mills have cost her tens of thousands of dollars. And uh, her campaign manager and longtime ally Chris Perry has pulled away from the campaign. Uh, In Alaska, Palin was using Optima Public Relations. And it was unclear when she meant by getting crappy advice from them or if the company was if it was another company or who knows at this point. She said, this is on Bannon's podcast, you got to wonder if they're really in it for the right reasons because sometimes they give really crappy advice and effort. So I'm going to do that myself. I'm going to do a lot myself. I'm not going to ask people for donations, though, which ticks off those in my campaign, you know, and other campaigns because they look at this as a business and they get a cut of the funds raised. Yeah, politics is a big business for those of you who don't know. Her total receipts for her campaign have been $1.7 million as of October the 19th, but her campaign costs have consumed almost all of it before the final few days when the funds would be the most needed. At least half of the funds raised appear to have gone to the fundraising mill that she contracted with leaving her very little to work with. Um, yeah, it's, uh, oof, man. 
Um, so it's uh, it it I don't know. This is a weird kind of messaging. This is not something that you would normally say if you were in the winning position. You wouldn't kind of put that stuff out there. The admission that she was doing her own camp, the, doing her campaign and managing her campaign on her own was surprising. Um, but maybe it's all about uh, those last few dollars at this point. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting to say the least to to watch what's happening there. Um, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But has she given up? That's the question mark. That was the that was the headline for now. Downing's no fan of Palin, so take it for a grain of salt, if you will. But has Sarah Palin given up? Candidate says she's gotten crappy advice from campaign consultants. So I just I just don't know. I mean, may you live in interesting times is really such a we are so there right now. We are so, so there right at this minute, aren't we? Aren't we just crazy? I mean, what are we going to talk about when the election is over? Movies, books and food. I, I think that's what we should talk about when the election's over. Movies, books and food. Uh, finally, I just want to mention this really quickly. I don't have a whole lot of time. Mary Paltola has now pivoted on her Second Amendment views. I got a call, campaign call early on in the campaign from a worker from Peltola's campaign saying, "Why, you know, should I, would I, would I, can I, could they count on me for the support of Peltola? And I'm like, no, because she's anti-gun. She's not anti-gun. And I went on to quote a couple of the things that I happened to have just read that day. And the campaign worker was like, oh, well, I'll thank you. I'll take this back to the campaign. Well, Peltola apparently has been listening to Alaskans because she's got a D rating from the NRA. And she's been receiving a lot of static from Second Amendment uh, uh, Alaskans. Before this week, she said that the Second Amendment and the right to own guns was intended for hunting only, that we needed stricter laws, that we needed common sense gun legislation. She said all that, and now she's released a whole series of ads, which I also saw yesterday, uh, by the way, uh, says she's going to stand up for the Second Amendment, whether it's for hunting or self-defense or recreations, because Alaska was just wouldn't be Alaska without guns. It's a total new spin for, I mean, it's a total new take on everything that she's been saying. So there you go. Just Alaska wouldn't be Alaska without. Oh, man, they will say anything, anything to get elected at this point. Right. I mean, that's what it's all about. All right. Scott Kawasaki is going to be joining us here in just a minute. We're going to continue the Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio will return in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How are you guys doing? How are you, my friends? How's life treating you? All right. Let me see what you guys have been saying here in the chat room. 
What's up with YouTube? No YouTube this morning? Oh, Jeannie says hi from YouTube. Good morning, Jeannie. Like, where are all the YouTube comments? All I could see was Facebook. You know how nice it is to be able to see everything in uh, in one chat room. Okay. Happy Reformation Day. Happy Pumpkin Day. <laughs> so it is happy, happy Halloween. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Looking good, they said of me. Apparently, my costume is working. I look like an old radio show host, which is exactly the look I was going for. Um, how do you promote your YouTube channel? You might try some cheap ads to get your channel out there. Um, you know, shorts is what we need to be doing on YouTube if I really wanted to promote YouTube. Um, apparently, they're going to be making some changes to the YouTube how the algorithm works. And uh, apparently short videos are a good way to do it. So I'm going to be I'm going to be clipping out some of the best ofs from the mornings. I'll be doing little blurb clips and some other things. I mean, so we'll uh, we'll be doing that. Hawk Uh, will be doing little shorts, which apparently are the new thing on YouTube. I mean, that's really taken off. They're like uh, they're like uh, Facebook. You know, they're like the story thing where it's like a 60, 30 to 60 second little blurb about the show. And I mean, we could do a little rant about something and then post it up there um, or, you know, take a take a rant or a, a not a rant, but, you know, a talking point out of the show and we could put it up there. So that's uh, that's something we're working on right now. Um, I will be promoting the channel more on YouTube. Uh, that's why I was trying to get that thousand subscribers. I mean, you'd think that with 3,600 or almost 4,000 subscribers, I think is what it was at the last time on, on Facebook followers on Facebook, you think I could get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. You cannot convert them. People do not want to be converted from one side. And I, I even told them, don't even buy, just, you don't even have to watch on YouTube. Just go over there and subscribe. So at least it gets the hook me up, hook me up with engagement, fix the algorithm. Um, check out Jenny Armstrong's page. She hates fossil industry. She's virtually a Marxist. Yeah, I know. We, we talked about her last week. Um, I'm scrolling down here. Um, oh, it's the, the big, uh, November 3rd at the Marston theater, Nick Baggage and Chris by at 6 PM, then 7:30. Rob Myers and Kevin McCabe close the deal on support of the con con. Yeah. Uh, they should be broadcasting that over the internet as well. Right. Um, uh, I know he, we are mostly local and political, but did anyone see the finish of the NASCAR race? Um, uh, no, I didn't see the NASCAR race. Uh, Jim Lotzfeld is a panderer for the NEA. Why would you quote him, Michael? Because it's interesting that a Democratic strategist was making a point about how they were killing each other, David. Jesus, people, come on. You can't quote somebody that you disagree with when they do something that you do agree with? Come on. Seriously. Why would you quote him? Because it's an interesting quote, David. Oh, can't quote anybody on the other team. What? Can't quote anybody on the other team. Where is Scott Kawasaki, and why has he not reached out to the program? Is he gonna? Is he gonna? 
is he going to ditch me again? I mean, I literally called him out in public at the Carlson Center. Not in public, but I said, hey, we got to get what? Damn it. I I think that I get a feeling. Let me see. Did he did he even did he answer my email? Yep. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I just got set off by something. And on top of it, I realized my guest is not appearing. No phone call, no email, no response to the... Um, I'm really agitated now because I didn't necessarily call him out. I mean, I called him out and I I was in public, but it wasn't like I was shouting to the room, hey, Scott, you didn't show up last time we talked. But it was kind of like, hey, man, are you ditching me? Are you dodging me? You know? No, 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 no. Well, let's schedule something right now. Okay. And that was what we were supposed to do. So I don't understand Apparently, I offend. I don't know if it's the smell. I don't know what it is. But there's no Scott Kawasaki this morning. So far. Maybe he'll call in. Um, we'll see. I did throw out a message to somebody else who had asked about getting back on the program, but I was full. This is the irritating part. When I'm full... Like this, and every slot between now and election day is pretty much covered. And then somebody who's a really great guest would be fun to bring on. And then you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm full, but I could call. You know, if it if I get a cancellation, I can let you know. Well, it's a little tough to make a cancellation at 6:29 in the morning. Um, you know, I I understand. <laughs> I understand some of this stuff. All right. Um, well, <clears throat> oh, I'm just irate now. Just irate. Because I turned down two other. <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, what does that mean for us? What do we do? Well, I mean, I could just rant away here for a few minutes if you guys wanted to do that. I could just rant for the next 25 minutes about the pinheadedness of 
Or we could, uh, I guess, open up the phone lines and take some phone calls. I suppose we could do that as well because, you know, that would prevent me from using dirty, cursy words on the air because I'm so agitated by this. All right. Um, I guess we'll do that. I guess I'll turn the phones on because I, I just... I also reached out to one of my uh, guests that I said I would call them if uh, I had a cancellation. Although I don't anticipate that they're going to want to wake up at 6.30 in the morning. Thanks for calling the call-in line of the Michael Duke Show. Cancellation. Uh, But we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Maybe there was just a miscommunication. I, you know, it's possible. It's anything's possible at this point. But uh, we'll have to see what's going on. All right. So give us a call. Uh, I'll open up the phone lines right now. At uh, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. If you want to sound off, we'd love to hear what you have to say this morning. And um, and we'll just we'll we'll just chitty chat with you. How about that? How how about cash me outside? How about that? All right, we'll just do that this morning. Uh, and we'll get a we'll get a fresh start and see where things go from here. Um, all right, over to the phone lines. Oh, look, two lines on hold already. I hadn't even got the phones already up and off the hook. All right, we'll start off over here this morning, and you guys can sound off on whatever you feel like. For the next 30 minutes, I, I'm i ambivalent. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Let me try that, uh, let me try that yet again. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Bonnie in North Pole. Hello, Bonnie in North Pole. What's on your mind? All participants are muted. Whoops. Let me turn Bonnie back on. What's on your mind, Bonnie? <laughs> okay. Am I muted? You're, nope. You're here. Go ahead, Bonnie. Uh, okay. Well, I just want to say that I, I feel very bad what happened to Charlie Pierce because I believe it's not true. And politics is a dirty business. Oh, it it's is. It's really pretty disgusting. It is a dirty business, that's for sure. I mean, there's supposed to be a presumption of innocence mm-hmm. until you figure this stuff out, but, uh, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, conveniently, just before, you know, uh, everything's going to happen here. And then Miss his cohort, like what's her name, Edie, what her name is, she drops out. So, but I never understood why he picked her anyway. So I yeah. don't know. It's very, very, it's it's a terrible thing what happened to him because he, he was a good choice. Yeah. Because I already voted. I voted Dunleavy and then I voted Charlie Pierce. Right, right. Well, I so, mean, like I said, it is definitely a, uh, uh, definitely kind of a, a, a frustrating thing to watch. Uh, there's supposed to be a presumption of innocence, and uh, and instead he's been, uh, you know, he they, they put it forward in the people's mind. It's right at this time. I think the timing is suspicious, um, and, uh, and I'm a little concerned about it. Now, you know, maybe if she has evidence and everything else, then so be it. But you just, to do this right yes, at this but- last moment, it just doesn't make any sense. No, because I read the article in the paper about allegations that were made. So if she was so upset about what was going on, leave your job. Leave. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I mean, there was definitely other options. Uh, there were definitely other options she could have done, and other places she could have gone as well. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happened. We'll see. Well, I was trying to look around if she's a Democrat or Republican. Which is she? That's a good uh-huh. question. That yeah. is a good question. Uh, all right. Um, and, thank- okay, Mister and Mister Kawasaki. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not surprised uh, about Mr. Kawasaki. Well, I am. I've had Scott on the program before. I don't know why he would think that uh, he would not be treated fairly. Um, he's been tra- he's been on the show before. I mean, we've had Les Garrett. We've had all kinds of Democrats and stuff, people we disagree with on the show. And it's never been, um, you know, it's not a hostile environment or anything. So I am a little surprised because Scott has been on the show in the past. And he and I have had a very cordial relationship. And I... Uh, I mean, I've agreed with him on some, especially his position on the PFD. I don't understand why he uh, – I don't understand why I, I keep getting the the runaround here. Thank you, Bonnie, for your call. Let's go over here to the next caller, 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Lee out of Denali. Hello, Lee. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, our, our friend, Mr. Kawasaki – uh, I, I think he didn't show up because you're liable to ask questions in the uh, headlong race going up to the actual election that he might not be prepared to actually put truth into his responses to your question. Reason being, if you go back and listen to his advertisements, you will find out that he makes some grandiose claims that are really hard to to back up except for portions of his PFD support claim. Now, you've alluded that uh, you you support aspects of what he's done in the past, and and at face value, most people would. But it's the back office deals that he's done and ramifications of those deals that actually erode anything positive towards the PFD. So, again, you have to look at the fine print on what he supported as a trade-off for the PFD. And in terms of actually trying to get it codified so that it would be in the the state constitution, he is running from that. On one hand, he said, "Oh yeah, let's let's try and get that into to and codified," but in reality, he is he is kowtowing to his union buddies because they know that the more they can get out of the PFD for their so-called work projects, which is basically pork barrel spending that is out of control, which Kawasaki has been neck deep in. Um, that's where this, this change of heart comes from, and he yeah. knows that people are on to it. So right now, that's that's why he's not showing up. Well, it and could though, be anybody that says different. Fine, prove it. Yeah, no, I mean it definitely could be. I mean, we, you know, we. It's not that we ask hard, hard questions, but we do ask some pointed questions on the program. And maybe that was just maybe he listened to a, maybe he listened to a few interviews since last week and decided, you know what, I'm just going to forget that I was invited to that, uh, and uh, I, I forgot. I'm sorry. Well, here's here's one for you, Mike, and, and whether he shows up or not is is no longer relevant. What is relevant? is a couple of pointed questions, whether it's on there or off. What is Kawasaki doing about energy security, and, that, and in particular dealing with Golden Valley Electrical Association and their closure, as in the forecast closure of Plant 2 in Healy, that is actually going to further uh, degrade our ability to sustain ourselves here in the interior because we're buying power from Chugach Electric every single day 
um, coming up the inner tie and and quote unquote we're going to close a, a plant which is quote unquote overproducing that would be plant two and again this is coming from the board of Golden Valley right right so what's Mr. Callis like he got about that and what's he supporting because again that jeopardizes everybody in the interior especially when it's 20 or 30 or 40 below zero and the power goes out for one reason or another yeah no so I again yeah uh, yeah. Lee, you're making a valid point. I mean, tying that together with that definitely makes for a valid point. Um, again, the biggest and the biggest question is, uh, again, on the PFD, you may on your face support it, but do you support all the spending on the other side that costs, uh, you know, that costs and eats into that PFD? That's a, that's a valid question. Uh, and if not being paid for by the PFD, how, how else do you propose to pay for it? I know that uh I know that you got uh, Kevin McCabe forecast to come on the show at some point in time. Maybe you should ask him his view on the uh, closure of uh, Healy Plant 2 and yeah. uh, energy security for the interior of Alaska. Yeah. I had the great uh, luxury of sitting with him and uh, Senator Shower uh, at a, a little impromptu meeting that they had in Healy, and uh, they were at least uh, the, the folks that showed up and made themselves available to the constituents that they want to represent. I haven't seen any of the other types that call themselves politicians wanting to take the job. Right. So with that in mind, if you ask uh, those hard questions, I'm pretty sure that Kevin will give you some pretty straightforward answers because uh, he and both uh, Shower and their spouses who were present with them were very, very intrigued to be made aware of these types of things because, of course, it's not common knowledge especially in this new district right, that for them. Uh, has been meandered to include heat now going all the way to Valdez. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Kevin McCabe is actually going to be up in the next hour, so we'll get a chance to uh, talk with him uh, in hour two this morning. All right, Lee. Well, thank you, my friend. It was good right, to good, good to talk with you. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you sounding off this morning with us and joining us on the program. Uh, that leaves, uh, one line on hold and I got three or four lines open. So we're up against the break though. I got to take the break, pay the bills and be back. Don't go anywhere. It is the Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. We'll take some calls and chat with you. And then representative Kevin McCabe is coming up at the top of the next hour to talk about his reelection. All right. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um. Yeah. 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 Just go. Just go back here. Yeah, Scott Kawasaki was on the program. I'm sorry. I'm looking back in my. I'm looking back in my chats here because I'm still a little chapped about this. Um, Scott Kawasaki was on the program almost a year ago. 
almost a year ago today. Uh, just over a year ago. That was the last time he was on the program. Um, and I've had him on the program several times. I'm just looking back in my chats here, back 2017, 2018, 2021. I've had him on the program several times over the years. But anyway, I just, it is what it is. Uh, let's go over to the phones and get this caller's name, uh, and we'll see what uh, the caller has to say. Oh, uh, Ben Carpenter is uh, is on hold. Here to talk with us about the Constitutional Convention and some other stuff. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Michael. I'm doing well. Good, good. Are you, uh, uh, you, uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to put you back on hold here in a second, but what, uh, what, what do you want to chat about here? Um, I understand you're good doing some work on the con con and some other stuff. What, what's going on? Yeah, we are, uh, I guess I've agreed to do a debate with, uh, Paul Seaton <laughs> on, uh, AM radio. Oh man. I can't wait. So to that hear. should be a hoot. That'll be on no November 2nd. So. November 2nd, uh, are you doing it down on the peninsula? Is that where you're doing it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, who's... Uh... Yep, so we're doing it. we get, we got to get the word out about this Constitutional Convention. You, you're not going to get the problems solved in our state until you do one. So. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. Well, hold on a second, Ben. We'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, ben Carpenter, uh, our guest, and we'll... Uh, Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you calling in here. Let me go back to the chat room and see what you guys have been talking about. I kind of breezed through some of the comments because I was <clears throat> donuts. Did you remind him of the free virtual donuts? I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I did not. I should have reminded him of the free virtual donuts. Uh, any word on Charlie Pierce? I have not heard uh, from Charlie other than his comments that are in the papers. That's the last I had him on the air. Uh, the day after everything broke, which was last Monday, maybe. And that's, uh, that's, that's the word. Um, I'm just going through here. Um, uh, I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Doesn't like the green yum donut says Chris on Twitch. I'm sorry, Chris. Sure. He doesn't like the green room, green room donuts. Jim says it's the five rules of dodgeball. Duck, dive, dip, dodge. There you go. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, rant away, says Terry, when I said I could just rant for the next hour. Um, uh, call Jennifer Armstrong and ask her if she will come on and explain what she means by reparations. Do I have to identify as a native? I reached out to Jennifer Armstrong a couple times and have not been able to get her to respond to me. Um, Brandy says, I love the Michael Duke show. Well, Brandy, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, uh, Walker's group, Charlie Accuser wants somebody. Um, I do not like what Edie did. As a team player, you don't leave your teammate. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I haven't spoken to Edie or Charlie since that whole thing broke out. I just, 
I guess I was a little shocked that it came out and then she acknowledged that some people were going to see it a certain way. It's not an admission of guilt, even though some people may see it like that's exactly what it looks like, though. And and I just it it's frustrates me. I, I mean, maybe she knows something else that I don't know. I, you know, all I can do is ba- go based on the perception of what I can see. Right. And it just looked it looked like a rough thing. It just looked like the wrong way to do it. But I'm it's it's I'm not her. So, I like, I know I like Edie. Um, I'm going forward. Uh, uh, Charlie's, Charlie's accuser need her coffee shop funded. Has anyone seen the Greyer Hopkins ads that are running on YouTube? 10 second blurbs about his record? Because that's about all of his record that you could fit in there was 10 seconds worth. That's his whole record. That pretty much... That's pretty much it. Um, okay. I think we're about caught up. Um, I heard there was a debate between Mike Shower and Libby Bacalar on the ConCon. Oh, that would be entertaining. That would be super entertaining. I'd pay money to see that. All right, let's uh, get back to it. Here we go. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio. Yeah, so apparently, I don't know how I missed this, but there's a there was a debate between Michael Mike Shower and Libby Bacalar, which is the one hot mess Alaska Twitter account, the gal who, um, the former state attorney who got she got the axe, remember that? Uh, and she's just she's quite the blogger. Anyway, apparently there was a debate between her and Mike Shower, and that would have been. Uh, that would have been amazing to watch. Let's just put it that way. Uh, apparently, it's posted up at alaskafreedomalliance.com. We'll have to go back and watch that. Speaking of the ConCon, joining me via telephone right now is uh, Ben Carpenter, uh, who is a GOP uh, state house rep down on the peninsula for whatever the old district uh, uh, 30 was, 29. Uh, and I don't know what the new one is, but Ben is going to tell us all about it. And then uh, he wanted to sound off and talk about because the ConCon is the only thing that's going to save us in the long run. Good morning, Ben. How are you this morning? Good morning, morning Michael. I'm good. I'm. Uh, what are you district? Cup of coffee, and I'm ready to go. What are you district seven now? District eight. District eight. I was so dang close. I knew it. Okay. Well, good morning, my friend. Um, so what is, um, um, so, so what, what's, what's on your mind here with the constitutional convention and all the other stuff we've got going on? Well, I have had, I don't know, the opportunity to teach people about ranked choice voting in the, in the constitutional convention. Well, maybe half a dozen times now. I'm just reaching out and, uh, educating folks since I am running unopposed this year. There's, uh, frees me up to do some of that. And uh, it is amazing to talk to people and realize that um, there's a, a deficit in understanding about the Constitution and that it's a normative process. It, it's, it's a normal process of our government. We just don't execute with it. 
Right, right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, people, I think it was Shelly Hughes who said last week or week before last, I can't remember where she goes, you know, everybody's all worried about the woes and the tides and the, and the, the, the dangers of opening up the constitution. She says every day, the legislature is in session. The constitution is open. The constitution is open because any legislator can put forward an amendment and the legislature, you know, 7,500 days, the legislature has been available to modify the constitution. And why is this any different? Yep, that's exactly right. And people ought to consider that things could always get worse, right? If you're looking at the cut apple, it could always get worse. What's your plan for getting it, making it better? Yeah. Well, that's the... Uh, we can't achieve the things that need to be achieved to solve the problems if you don't have constitutional amendments. Right. Well, and again, it's not the, I ran into somebody this weekend and I was talking with a friend, uh, with a friend and he just mentioned in passing something about, oh, you know, and then we open up the constitution and I just unloaded on him about what are you afraid of? What, I mean, are you afraid of, you know, and by the way, who's funding it and all this other things. And are you giving into the scare? And I apparently came on a little strong. We're good friends, luckily. So I came on a little strong because his eyes got a little wide and he's like, what? Oh, really? I didn't. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Cause I was just like, I'm so sick of the fear mongering, you know, uh, we're all going to die. They're going to take your guns. There'll be no hunting. There'll be no, do you really think Alaskans would vote for any of that nonsense? I mean, do you really think Alaskans would vote to reduce hunting rights, to reduce gun rights, to reduce all these other things? Or is it a big smokescreen? And again, just look at the people who are funding the fear mongering. You know, the 1630 Project and the NEA and the IBEW, and it's supported by all these business as usual, big government spenders in the in the government, the Kathy Geisels and the John Coghills and the Luke Hopkins of the world. I mean, this is, you know, when are we going to, when are we going to wake up and see it all? It, that is the, the question that people need to be asking themselves. How do we rein in our own government? But whatever power the government has is power either we've given them or they've hit these. And we have the ultimate authority in what size our government is and what, what it does, what, it, what its purpose and function is for. So the Constitutional Convention is the way that we modify our agreement with our government. And you can either have a Constitutional Convention at the, at the whim of the legislature, or every 10 years we, the people, have the opportunity to call one. Right. No, and 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 I think people need to understand that we need to be telling our friends and neighbors that um, uh, as well. Uh, we need to be talking to people about it. And again, my friend was just uneducated. That I mean, he did he wasn't being malicious or anything. He just didn't know because that's all he'd heard is the scare, scare, scare. It's all going to be bad. You know, we're all going to dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. I mean, that's all he heard. And so we just need to, you know, we need to counteract that as best we can amongst our friends and relatives. Yeah, it was uh, Benjamin Franklin who was asked at the uh, creation of the U.S. Constitution, what do we have? And he said, we have a republic, if you can keep it. Right. No, that's... And this is the challenge that we have is you have to, you have to put in effort to keep it. Yeah. No, absolutely. We have to do it. 
and uh, and we have to be able to make those changes. And it's not as scary as everybody, uh, again, as everybody has said. I mean, many states um, have had dozens and dozens and dozens of modifications to their constitutions over the years, especially those with the older constitutions on the East Coast. It's happened time and time again. This is not this is not untrodden territory. We've been there. We've done that. It's not as scary as they make it sound like. Here's the thing. They don't want to give up the power that they have right now. And what they have us in is gridlock. They have us in gridlock. They've got the PFD by the short and curlies, and they can use it any way they want. They've got the judges that they want. They've got, I mean, they've got the spending uh, cap that, that doesn't hinder them at all. They don't want any modifications to any of that. Yep, you're absolutely right. If when I talk to folks about the ranked choice voting in the, in the Constitutional Convention, everybody understands that we've got an issue with judges in our state. We've got four people, four Alaskans, who've been empowered to pick our judges, basically to give a list to the governor of what he has to choose from. And if we want to solve some of our problems that are stemming from uh, a poor judiciary or a leftist judiciary, activist judiciary, then we have to change the way we select judges. And there are a lot of things that stem from, uh, a lot of improvements that would stem from making a modification there. So the legislature is never going to change that. Right. No. So what are you doing right now, Ben? Are you, we're talking with Ben Carpenter, by the way, uh, who is a GOP House rep from uh, District uh, uh, Eight down on the peninsula? Uh, ben, what are you, uh, you know, what are you doing right now to to stem the tide? I know you've been working on it. You're highlighting things. What give us give us the rundown as to what what's going on with you, real quick? Here we got about three or four minutes left. Yep. Yeah, so I've made myself available to anybody or any group of folks that want to have me over and have a conversation about ranked choice voting and, and constitutional convention. Um, I've had half a dozen or so meetings so far that we just have a quick presentation that I put together and then, and then a question period. And it, it's always been fruitful. We have very good conversations and people go away with and, ranked choice voting. And, and are you, are you doing, you're, you're doing a public debate am, uh, as well, I guess you're, you're going to be debating, uh, I'm, I am yes. <laughs> Paul Seaton is that is that what I heard? November second at nine to ten a.m. Nine to ten a.m. on uh, eight ninety a.m. Uh, eight ninety a.m. down there on the peninsula. All right. Well, um, I look forward to hearing what this is all about. Who's going to be Who's going to be the moderator? Do you know yet? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. It's probably going to be the uh, reporter that reached out to me but okay. I, i'm not entirely sure all right so november the 2nd um at 9 30 a.m is that what you said 9 to 10 a.m 9, 9 a.m 9 to 10 a.m okay all right well um that okay. should be uh that should be uh interesting uh that should be an interesting discussion we'll put it that way so Ben, uh, any other thoughts here on? Yeah, I can't uh, wait. Uh, any other thoughts here on you know PFD or anything else? Since we're coming up on election day here, not too sure. We probably won't talk between now and then. Any final thoughts here in the last one minute? 
Yeah, I just think that people within the state of Alaska for the last 30 years have expected the state to pay a PFD per the statute. And we had a governor that changed that and a, and a ju uh, judge, a, the courts, that ruled it unconstitutional, basically. So if we want to have uh, our PFD distribution set by statute, then we have to modify the Constitution to do that. Yeah. Well, it should be an interesting debate. I will be uh, trying to listen here, and hopefully we'll have a podcast of it later on so we can listen to it afterwards. Ben Carpenter, uh, appreciate you coming on board, my friend. Thank you for sounding off with us here. Uh, hold the line. I won't, uh, I'm not going to take you too far here. Uh, be right back. Folks, we got more coming up. Kevin McCabe's going to be joining us in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you hour two dead ahead. All right. Um, I want to hear uh, if there's anything else that Ben wanted to touch on before I let him go. Uh, anything else, Ben? Anything else you got going on that people need to know about? What What's happening out there? No, that's my focus right now. And, and I'm sorry for maybe the stepping on you this morning. I've got about a two second delay on my, on my words. So I'm listening to myself talk as you're, as I'm talking. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Well, I apologize. I don't know why you've got a delay. You've got to, is you're, you're hearing yourself back. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's exactly it. About two seconds later. Weird. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll shut the phones down and, uh, and that'll be it for today. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you calling in this morning. Hey, Michael, it's fun talking as always. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know why there was a delay, uh, why there was a uh, uh, why there was an echo, but it doesn't matter now. I've shut the whole phone systems down, so that's enough of that. Because Kevin J. McCabe is now joining us uh, in the uh, chat room, and uh, we should uh, we should pick it up with him here in just a second. Here, let me get all my stuff squared away. Phone lines are off. We're all good. Let me go over here and see what uh, Mr. McCabe is doing with us this morning. And uh, we'll uh, we'll bring him on uh, right now. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good, good. You're going to have to center yourself on your camera there because I can't control uh -oh. I can't control your centering right. there. That's not my that's not my job, man. It's not my job. Should I go? I'll, I'll go a little bit to the right of center. Yeah, we just go to the right, the left. The, yeah, you'll be just to the right of center. That'll be perfect. Whoops! Look, I can do that. All right. So, uh, you all ready to are you all ready to dive into this this morning, my friend? Absolutely. What are we twinsies wearing the same shirt? I mean, that's. I yeah, mean, what? Yes. That, it's like Henley's R Us today, man. I got to tell you, it's the. <laughs> it was a cold morning this morning. I thought I got to bring out break out the Henley. That's what I got to do. Um, all right. Um, well, we're uh, we're about ready to do it. I um, quite honestly was a bit surprised that I got no showed by my previous guest, considering. Uh, um, you know, that this is their last opportunity to talk to the, uh, to the listeners. Uh, but I appreciate you coming on and talking about all these things. You have been doing some work on the con con as well, right? I mean, Ben Carpenter was just talking about it. You've been out there talking it up as well. Right. Yeah. And Ben actually, uh, you know, I, I kind of keyed on him this morning because he has a really great article in must read 
uh, op-ed on the on the concon and he said exactly he said exactly what he wrote in the article which is great so uh did you see the um i was going to talk about this earlier but i got waylaid on sidetracked on other stuff did you see the complaint uh against sarah vance um that got dismissed the other day somehow i got cc'd into the email on the release the release of that i don't know why i got cc'd on it but um the complaint over her saying something about protecting about god-given constitutional rights and uh and how the ethics committee said yeah that 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 just don't matter that was not a that was not a breach did you happen to catch that no i didn't oh my god all right so that's something else we could talk about later on but I want to um, I want to focus in on this. I know you and Mike have been doing a lot of traveling and a lot of traveling uh, together uh, to all these various communities out there. And uh, so I want to get your take on that. And uh, Lee obviously uh, was uh, uh, got a chance to talk to you as well. So we're going to talk about all those things, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have a good discussion here in just a minute. Okay. Awesome. All right, so we're going to be back here in just a second. I'm going to put Kevin back into the uh put uh Kevin back into the green room real quick, give him a chance to coffee up some more. I'm a little jealous. He's got a fresh cup of coffee there and I really really could use one uh this morning. I it's definitely a two or three cup day today. Um okay. <clears throat> good morning, good morning, good morning. Thanks for the hard work, Ben Carpenter. Uh that was Greg out there. Um Public presentation by Senator Rob Myers and Kevin McCabe on stage November the 3rd. This is closing the deal on the ConCon. I saw the flyer yesterday, uh, even though I, uh, I, I do make it, you know, I could, I refused to pick up my phone yesterday because all my family members were in my house and, um, uh, I, uh, <laughs> but I could hear my phone. Usually I got my phone on silent on the weekend, but I had it on vibrate. And uh, I could just hear my phone go buzz, 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 buzz all day long with messages and texts and everything else. And, and uh, I did pick it up and I did see that that big uh, thing that they're going to be doing down at the Marston Theater uh, on closing the ConCon. I did see that. Everything else I ignored. I'll get to all the rest of it here after the show this morning. So we'll, we'll get all that done. The Matsu needs Kevin and Mike back in Juno as all Alaskans does. They are warriors. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And I think you're seeing some of that desperation play out in some of the, especially in Mike's opponents. Um, but we'll talk about that a week from today. Mike Shower is going to be on a week from today, um, to discuss that. And it should be good. Should be good. Okay. That's it. I've, I've, I've got nothing else for this morning and you guys have been, uh, you guys have been talking nicely amongst yourselves all morning. Um, really good MRAK. I haven't read the I haven't read the op-ed from uh, from uh, Ben. I guess I'll have to read that here. Oh, it's right here. Uh, I, it was yesterday. That's why I didn't see it. I was like, why didn't I see this? Because it came out yesterday. Uh, I'll post a link for it up in the chat room. You can go read the Ben uh, Carpenter Constitutional Convention opinion piece on your own. All right, I just posted it in the chat room. Let's get going on the Michael Duke show, Comic Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Here we go.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, live across the world, uh, uh, around the internet, uh, the uh, state of uh, the thing and the the wheel and the web and the inner. It's hard, man. It's hard. Uh, the internet. That's right. MichaelDukeShow.com, live stream, podcasts, social media links, where we simulcast, all the stuff that you want to talk about. It's all there. Also broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hour two of the big radio show for Monday, Halloween. And I am all dressed up as an old radio host. Uh, I think it looks pretty authentic. I really do. I think it looks good. I think it's looking good. Comb the beard, especially for this Halloween presentation of the show. Um, all right. Uh, getting ready to dump into it here and uh, jump in with our next guest candidate for House District. I, it was eight, and I've just now, told, I think it's 31 now. House District 31, maybe? I, I think we're close to it. Uh, we're about to jump into it with our guest, Kevin. McCabe, uh, who is uh, running for re-election, and uh, to him, uh, I just, uh, I just uh, want to say one thing, and that is, welcome to the party, pal. That's right, welcome <laughs> to the party, pal. That's uh, that's it right there. Kevin J. McCabe, immortalized on the program uh, uh, as the uh, as the guy who's welcoming everybody to the program in the morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you? It's District 30, by the way. District 30. You know, I'm going to get it eventually. We're going to figure it out and we're going to get it all uh we're going to get it all squared away. All right, Kevin. Um let's uh let's uh let's get started. So, uh I know that you have been working very very hard uh in the district. I know that you've got a lot of um uh, a lot of ground to cover. It's been uh, it's it's a it's a large district. So tell folks a little bit uh, to begin with about, uh, you know, where your district is and how it is and what you've been doing out on the campaign trail there. Sure. Well, the District 30 still includes uh, Point McKenzie and Kinnick and uh, KGB from Vine, uh, essentially all the way out uh, out to Port McKenzie. And then it uh, I picked up Houston. I lost Meadow Lakes or District 30 lost Meadow Lakes. But from Houston, Big Lake Road, essentially all the way up to Clear and Anderson, following the parks. It also includes all of the West of Sitna Access, as well as uh, Squentna and uh, some of those uh, folks in the bush. So really great district. I'm uh, very excited and happy to, uh, to represent or hopefully represent District 30. A lot of like-minded people. Uh, Lee is one of them. Met him in Healy. A month ago or so when we were doing a combined event at Rose's Cafe there. I love that place. Um, Mike Shower and I and our wives were there. So, yeah, it was great. 
Yeah, so you've got a chance to go out and actually see people and talk to people uh, in some of these districts. I think it's interesting. One of the comments that I got either in an email or a message from somebody was uh, that it was really interesting to see you and Shower out there because they hadn't seen a legislator in their districts come out and campaign in their districts in years. They said a couple of them were like, we haven't seen anybody in a long time. So this was kind of a unique opportunity, right? Sure. And, you know, uh, for both Mike and I, I think it, it's more than just campaigning. I'm really interested in Healy, actually, and Points North. I have a staffer that lives in Anderson. Uh, so that area is part of what's going to sort of increase the revenue and the uh, resource development in Alaska, frankly. And, uh, and Healy's a, a big part of that. And, I, you know, Lee and I and Mike were talking about that uh, Golden Valley 2 shutting down. And, uh, and that's an issue. If you right. really consider it, the inner tie that he's talking about is 50 years old, and there's only one set of wires. 50-year-old wires, 50-year-old poles. So to really be an effective inner tie in the lower 48, there needs to be two means of, of you know, it tying together the, uh, the electrical utilities, and here we have one. Right. So if Gold Valley shuts down and something happens to that inner tie, you know, there's there's some some issues up there that we really need to focus on. So um but yeah, really really great district and uh, I was up at the I drove up to the uh debate at the Healy High School that the high school kids put on between Sarah Palin and Nick Begich and uh, Mary Peltola and Chris Bai and those kids did just a fantastic job. Uh, was well worth the four-hour drive just to go up there and watch them operate and to see their class and how interested they were and the questions were fabulous. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, Lee did call into the did the program and and asked about that. So let me start. I guess I'll start off with not my usual question, which is about permanent funds and everything else. But uh, you know, the Healy, the n- number two project. You know, they've got the the plant down there. I mean, I remember before they had the intertie completed to Fairbanks, it was. Um, you know, it was kind of up in the air sometimes. There was a lot of power outages. There was a lot of rolling blackouts. There was a lot of problems uh, in Fairbanks, uh, you know, up until that point. And now they're talking about shutting down, uh, you know, the cold fire plant and everything else down there, which has been problematic for years. I understand that. But um, it, you know, it really it raises the questions about uh, energy independence and being able to uh, to keep things going. Because let's face it, in Fairbanks, if you lose power and it's 45 or 50 below, that's a no bueno situation. I've been there. Uh, I've been there. I've had my house go down to 40 degrees when the power has been out for five or six hours at uh, at 50 or 60 below. It's not a fun situation. Right. And even if, you know, even if you have a, uh, a generator, maybe a diesel generator, Northern Lights diesel or something like that, and now we have a diesel shortage, diesel crisis, so... Uh, we are backing ourselves into this um, airline pilots call it a coffin corner, but a, a place where there's no no way out, you know, no way out the top, no way out the bottom. Yeah. And then we're going to shut down a coal fired power plant just because it's coal fired. And they don't remember that we have the cleanest coal on the planet and we know how to do it best. I, I've toured the, the coal mine. I've toured the, it, it's it's. Fabulous. Fantastic. And just because 
it has the word coal in front of it. We're going to shut it down. That to me is ridiculous. Yeah. So what do we do about that energy independence? I mean, how do we how do we fight back? How do we get that uh, to where people are thinking about, you know, A, it's the cleanest coal. B, you can't really, you know, it's the old it's the old adage of don't quit a job until you've got another one lined up. Uh, don't don't cut out a way to generate energy if you don't have another way that's just as reliable lined up. And I know they're talking about a lot of wind and solar and all these other things, but none of those things are as constant and consistent as natural gas or coal or some other kind of nuclear, you know, some other kind of option. What are they going to do? Sure. Well, wind is great, but occasionally the wind stops blowing and solar is great, but the sun stops shining, you know, half the day. So and frankly, I think there's uh, Golden Valley. Uh, their their board is talking about the wind uh, power or the wind generators up there. I think four of them are down right now for gearbox changes, and a gearbox change is pretty significant. You have to get a huge crane out there to put up an even bigger crane uh, to lift the gearbox up onto the up onto those things. So uh, there there's some issues there that maybe. Um, unintended consequences that we're not thinking of and once again the 50 year old inner tie is a problem so some of these things we're going to have to solve whether we do it by more centrally or, or um, uh, located uh, micro nukes or whether we put uh, another inner tie up you know the real frustrating thing is the uh, um, the real frustrating thing is that clear had a coal-fired power plant, the Air Force base there, that they shut down to to solve the Air Force's mandate. I think the, the mandate of uh, reducing uh, fossil fuel-fired power plants, right. and they did it all by shutting down clear. So now that, that big, huge, brand-new radar site that we built is dependent on power from either Fairbanks or Golden Valley. So uh, huge problems that we have created for ourselves that we need to resolve. One way or the other. Kevin McCabe is our guest, uh, GOP candidate for District 30. Um, interesting question and, of course, uh, uh, definitely a conundrum. I mean, affordable energy has been part of the big – you know, it's 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 the biggest part of the problem that we have here in the state, Kevin. I mean, overall. I mean, not just uh, – for the villages, obviously, they, are, they suffer even worse than someplace like Fairbanks. But Fairbanks, of all the urban areas, has it the toughest. Um, uh, but even down in the Matsu, there's people who are struggling because they're not on natural gas. They're, you know, they got heating oil and they're facing what's coming down at five or six dollars a barrel or five five or six dollars a gallon rather. So this is an issue that really is probably one of the bigger issues in the whole state. Uh, I, I agree. And, and it's hindering our ability to attract businesses. If you have a 24 cent a kilowatt hour or, or north of that, price for power, businesses just aren't going to come to Alaska. They're just not going to develop Alaska the way we need to develop our resources. So, uh, it, you know, it's it's very frustrating. And we shoot ourselves in the foot, whether it be the Sitna-Watana project or we allow the eco-warriors from outside of the state to come in and and shut us down. And they, and they won't consider the fact that Alaskans do it better with greater stewardship of our natural beauty and our natural resources and, and just the natural state, we do it better than anybody else on the planet. We do it cleaner, we do it faster, we do it cheaper. And it's a shame that we are allowing outside influences to stop that. Uh, let's get back into the question of, um, you know, kind of the stock questions here of the legislature. You've been out and about now. 
Uh, you've had a chance. We're almost to Election Day. You've been campaigning for however many weeks you've been campaigning. Lots of miles, I'm sure. Lots of driving, lots of flying, lots of travel. Um, but I want to talk about what's on Alaskans' minds, what's on their hearts. Uh, what is their number one issue? Uh, is the PFD still up there at the top? Uh, is it ranked choice voting? Is it the uh, is it the inflation in the economy? What what are what are your constituents telling you uh, about what's going on here? You know, the PFD seems to have uh, you know, shrunk a little bit, at least in the minds of some people. Of course, the economy is a big deal, and it, and the PFD, with respect to the economy, where. If we had paid a full PFD, many people would be in a better situation to weather this coming storm of, I'm hearing now, maybe $8 a gallon gas, even in the Matsu and Anchorage, uh, not just the villages. So if we had been able to get a full PFD and the energy relief into people's hands, it would be it would have gone a long way towards uh, resolving their problems. So I forget who said it during the Clinton years, but it's the economy, stupid. You know that's that's the yeah, sort of the James, James Carvel. He was the one that said it's the economy, right. stupid. Yeah, right. And and of course the other big thing, other than the constitutional convention, which we are sort of pushing, but the big thing that people are talking about is election integrity and the judges meddling in our elections and uh, all of that sort of thing that is threatening one of our most precious constitutional rights, which is the right to govern ourselves we the people and that comes from your vote and ranked choice voting sort of uh, usurps that yeah uh kevin mccabe our guest we're up against the break we might as well uh just go ahead and take it and be uh, uh be smooth as we can here since we're right here uh we will continue in just a moment and uh have our chat with kevin mccabe We'll continue the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget, you can come out and join us on Facebook if you'd like, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show, also on YouTube and uh, everywhere else. All right, back with more. We'll We'll return in just a minute with Kevin McCabe on the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Okay, Kevin McCabe uh, continues with us here on the old radio program, and uh, we're uh, we're ready to do it. How are you ready for the election to be done today, Kevin? Are you just are you just ready for it to be like today's the day? Let's just get it over with and move on, right? Well, we we have to get through trunk or treat at the Big Lake Lions Club first, so we have to we have to go there. We I think that we went there the last election, and it seems to me there was like twelve hundred people that went through that parking lot. So Oof. we're looking forward to that tonight. Yeah, no, that'll be uh, that'll be crazy. Uh, I mean, luckily, uh, although what what I mean, could you ask for better weather for it? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got no snow here, and I'm loving every minute. If this was how the rest of the winter was, I would be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, 
up on my up on our little hillside we got eight inches the other night so on my Oof. drive back drive back from healy uh, by the time i hit talkeetna there was about four inches of snow on the road and i was the only car headed southbound at 1 a.m in the morning oh every time a, every time a semi went northbound i had to come do a complete stop in the middle of the road and wait for the snow to wash over me before i could start, start yeah up. No. i hate those i hate those night trips like that when there's so much snow and there's still big tractor trailers on the road because right. you're right as soon as you see them coming you just kind of pull off to the edge of the road and slow down and wait for them to go by because oof, right. you're about to be swamped and you don't want to drive off into space for sure uh that's the thing how many uh, how many miles you figure you put on your rig uh, driving back and forth this election season being as big as the place is Oh boy, we've been to we've been all the way north to the top end of the district maybe four times. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's quite a drive, and and of course driving around here as well, and you know out to Point McKenzie, that that used to in my old district that seemed like a, a full day drive, but you know now we sort of pack a lunch and bring <laughs> overnight clothes and. <laughs> yeah, Point Mac is nothing these days, considering right. you've got to drive all the way up to Healy. Uh, right. You know, I take that. I drive. I drive that road to Fairbanks probably three or four times a winter, and and uh, I don't. I mean, I like to drive. I'm a. I'm a. I, I like the window time and the quiet and everything else. But uh, yeah, it's the night ones that get you coming back when you're. You know, you're a little. You're a little froggy, a little dopey, and you're like, oof. Man, I really wish I was home warm in bed right now. <laughs> that would really be nice for sure. Uh, all right. Um, let me see. What else we got going on? You are doing, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, but you are doing a big presentation uh, on Thursday. Is that right? Thursday or Friday? What, when are you doing it? Thursday. Uh, it's the it's the third. Is that Thursday? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, you're doing a yep. big presentation. You and Rob, um, you and Rob Myers, um, give us a give us a little showdown on that here. We got about a minute and a half here. Well, sure. I, you know, we we had hoped to have a debate uh, between four of us uh, with uh, maybe Matt Shukuro and uh, there's one other person that Michael Chambers mentioned, um, and I can't remember who it was, but trying to get uh, at least some back and forth from the other side. I think they're they feel pretty good about their position right now, so they're not willing to. Uh, damage that by stepping into a debate with Rob and myself or, or, or frankly, anyone. I'm, I'm a little unclear why uh, Libby Bacalar did that with Shower, but, um, you know, we, we have some serious issues, as Ben said, that we can only solve with a constitutional convention. Uh, if you think of it, and this is something that I was thinking about last night as I was reading through the history back in 1955 of our original constitution, our original convention. Um, if you think of it, right now, as Shelley said, the uh, the legislature can uh, change the constitution with two thirds vote, but during the convention, it only takes a simple majority to pass an amendment before it gets in front of the people. Right. That's a big difference. That's a that's a very big difference. Um, so. The other thing that people aren't thinking about is, truthfully, the legislature can call a constitutional convention anytime we want by a simple majority. Right. We could we could convene in January, and if the people voted down, we probably won't. I get that, but we could have done it last year. We could have called a constitutional convention, and the Constitution says if we haven't done that in a two year in a ten year period, then the people get to vote on it. So. 
Well, we'll have to see how it goes. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We're continuing now with Kevin McCabe, who is our guest, uh, GOP candidate for State House in District 30. Uh, Kevin, um, this is, I mean, I kind of want to get just caught up with you since it's been quite a while since we talked. You've been on the campaign trail. You're saying the PFD is not nearly as big an issue as it was. And I think simply because, well, I think. Here's my thoughts, and you can sound off on it. Uh, I think people are just frustrated and that they realize that the current makeup of the legislature, we could keep crying all day long and nobody's going to listen. And so now they've moved on to other issues of the, of the you know, the economy, the inflation, um, rank choice voting. I know that's been a big issue as well. Um, so what are you going to, you know, what are your, what are your constituents going to be focusing on? What are you going to be focusing on for them when you return to Juno? Let's start with that. Well, don't get me wrong. The PFD is still a big issue, and we need to get it off the table. We need to resolve it one way or the other, either through the fiscal policy working group plan or repealing SB 26. Any of those are viable options, and we need to we need to get it off our plate. Frankly, it shouldn't be part of the budget. It was never part of the budget. It was always a transfer. So um, my position on that hasn't changed, and my constituents, uh, for the most part, um, have not changed their position either. Uh, and, and truthfully, the PFD thread runs all throughout, uh, whether it be the Constitutional Convention or the Fiscal Policy Working Group, the PFD thread is always in there. The CONCON, many people are thinking that's a way to solve the PFD problem, whether we put a formula in the Constitution or we just put the, the statement in there like the Fiscal Policy Working Group wanted. Um, but the PFD is always sort of the, the, and I hate to say noise, but it's always in the background. It's at the back of everybody's mind. Election integrity is part of that because they want to be able to ensure that the people that they vote to send down to Juno are going to follow their will as far as the PFD is concerned. And that's uh, so that's a, another thread that the PFD is sort of in the background. Um, but yeah, when people, I think the most... Other than recently with the Constitutional Convention, most of what I've been hearing uh, is is election integrity. We have got to ensure that we have one person, one vote, and I believe on one day for all the state, because we're, in addition to PFD fatigue, now we have voter fatigue because you have a city election one day, a borough election next month, and the following, and there's a, you know, MEA or a Chugash election for the board, and then there's a, you know, we just ought to have all at least the government elections on one day, I right. think. No, I mean, I always found that a little bit confusing. I mean, especially once I moved down into uh, the South Central area and I had to do work in Anchorage, I was like, what do you mean the municipal elections in April? Why aren't we holding them all at the same time? I'd never, right. and the same thing in Fairbanks when, you know, the municipal election was in October, the borough election was in October and the regular was in November. Why don't we just hold them all together? I don't understand why we have to hold two separate, uh, two separate elections at the same time. Um, but again, the integrity and whether or not you believe 
that there's been problems in the past or not. The perception is there. And that, of course, affects people's confidence in the whole system. And so those things need to be addressed. Uh, Even if nothing changes, we need to at least address them, review them, make sure that everything is in place. And so that people can have confidence in their electoral system. Right. And and many states now have instituted a uh, election fraud and abuse in uh, office, actually, whether it's part of their state inspector general or the attorney general, they actually have an office and a statute of uh, how to deal with election fraud and investigate it and that sort of thing. So maybe that's another way that we can resolve it. Mike Shower has always talked about an inspector general and how the military has one that's not responsible to anybody, not the governor in not responsible to anybody except the people. And maybe if we had an office under there that investigated uh, possible election anomalies and election fraud, that would resolve the issue in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kevin, we're facing some big budgetary issues. Uh, Obviously, we've had the largest budget ever uh, this last cycle. Um, and we've got some big budgetary issues on there, you know, health and social services, the governor done, you know, separated the two out, hopefully looking for some efficiencies. We'll see if that works or not. Um, but that's the number one budget item for us is the health and social services budget. Then we've got the education budget and then everything else, it seems like is almost small potatoes in comparison, uh, to those two things. So what are you going to be looking at to try and because I don't think it's any I don't even have to ask you if the size of government is too big or too small. I think we're on the same page there. So how are we going to find those efficiencies? How are we going to find those cuts that are necessary, especially in those two largest budget items? Well, sure. Uh, education in uh, DHSS or essentially Medicaid, Medicare, that's the problem. Medicaid, I guess um, that needs to be way more transparent. So splitting the the department and putting uh, the Medicaid sort of by itself so that we can look at it a little closer, I think was a was a step in the right direction. The problem, of course, is going to be finding uh, the will in the legislature to actually dig into it and find out where we can we can make cuts and make savings, whether it be uh, sort of increase the free market for healthcare by removing certificate need is possibly one way doing a direct primary care uh, deal where you uh, sort of remove the insurance companies from the from the mix there's a number of things and Shelly Hughes and I have talked a lot about uh, pricing uh, about having a, a menu sort of deal so when you go in for your hip replacement you know exactly how much it's going to cost and you can shop by cost instead of the doctor saying, well, it depends. And, you know, you don't really know. So generic drugs, there's a number of ways that you can save money. Uh, Singapore has a great plan that they, that we've been looking at. Indianapolis, I think has a plan for, uh, for their workers. I think Amazon even has a plan that's worth looking at a healthcare plan. So lots of, lots of things, we ways we could save money there. Uh, but we had to we had to get the whole Medicaid thing out from under everything else in that department, and I think Dunleavy did a really good thing by by doing that. So, 
No, um, and, and I mean, I think that that's fantastic. I mean, one of the things that came out of the pandemic, uh, you know, there's been a few silver linings, schooling and school choice is obviously one of them. But um, the other thing was telemed- telehealth, telemedicine. Uh, you know, they put up some temporary rules that allowed telemedicine and now they're talking about rescinding them or some of them have been rescinded. I mean, that's a be- – we're talking about, you know, in rural Alaska. Why shouldn't we be able to have access to those things? Why should people have – I mean, especially, uh, you know, our doctor, one of our doctors was in Anchorage and it was so nice to be able to just climb onto a telehealth call. And uh, when they didn't have to poke and prod you and see – and all, all you had to do was have a talk – that made a lot more sense than the waste of effort. And I mean, you're talking about if gas is truly going to get to $8 a gallon, and I haven't seen the numbers on that, but if it does, well, that scares the hell out of me. But I mean, it would make a lot more sense instead of driving 40 miles round trip or 80 miles round trip or 100 miles round trip or flying, as some people have to, hundreds of miles. If you could just climb onto an internet connection and say, here's my problem, doc, here's how I feel, here's what's going on, why wouldn't we do that? Right. And if anything good came out of the pandemic, it was that as well as the Zoom education for for our kids or homeschooling or however you, you know, however you want to parse that. But um, those are those are really important things. We even now are uh, the House uh, Republican caucus, the minority, when we have a Zoom meeting. We don't, we, you know, we don't have to fly people all the way across the state. And we don't have to try to hook up via telephone. We just get all 16 or so of us on the on Zoom and, and we have a chat and everybody's pretty used to doing it. So I think the way we are doing business has shifted for the better, at least as long as we can keep our computers powered, right? Right. Well, that's $8 a gallon, you may be running your computers at low power at that point. Um, Let's talk about uh, the second biggest item, which is education. And this is the sticky wicket. I mean, we've already seen the uh, talking points from those on the other side, from the pro-government people, be they Republicans or Democrats. They're all talking about how the legislature has been just remiss and slack in their in their they should be funding education to the fullest fullest extent of all things and more um and uh, you know talking like all we've ever been pe- spending is the bsa and nothing on top of that if you listen to the ads you'd think all we were doing was giving schooling the bsa no additional funding um so but what are your answers to these kind of questions and and how do we address that in the size and scope of education when the, when the uh education the teachers and the various school boards came down to my office last session um, all we talked about was inflation, cost of living, and it was all focused on the teachers. And my question as they were sort of walking out the door was, we didn't really talk about the kids. Shouldn't we be talking about the kids? Shouldn't we be discussing, uh, you know, how we can better educate our kids? Because we're 49th in the state and most things were at the very bottom. I mean, 49th in the nation. The state is at the very bottom of the list by all parameters. So maybe we need to figure out a way to better educate our kids, whether that's backpack funding, which I happen to like, vouchers, uh, getting charter schools out from underneath the school districts, paying the homeschool more or than, the, than we're currently paying them uh, to homeschool their kids. Um, how about a, a ESA education savings account like Arizona's doing? All of those things are very interesting to me. 
of turning the charter, the uh, closing schools in the Anchorage School District, and I believe this is what the NEA is afraid of, is we're going to close down six schools and those buildings will be available for a charter school. Right. You know, if we inject a little competition into the schools where a parent can remove their child from an underperforming teacher or underperforming school, then for the school to stay open and to keep uh, keep the doors open, they're going to have to figure out a way to perform to keep their so the parents will keep their children there, and I, and I think that's a good thing. What about uh, what about uh, opening up the formula and cutting out some of the overhead mechanisms that are in the BSA, the the administrative? I mean, it seems like we're basically uh, f- you know we're feeding the administration a lot more than we're feeding the students. You're talking about you know let's let's talk about the kids. Well, what about putting the kids down there and putting the teachers? as the number one recipients of the BSA instead of the administration and the overhead. Because we've seen, you know, administration costs and administration sizes have gone up. Meanwhile, at the same time, all the, you know, the enrollments continue to decline and they're projected to continue to decline. So why not separate those two out in the BSA so maybe administration is on its own, uh, you know, its own appropriate uh, appropriations line or its own appropriations kick and have the BSA just be for the student uh, itself or the students themselves. Sure. Any, any idea like that is well worth looking at or, or removing all of the various um, pieces of the formula in the BSA other than maybe the, uh, the piece that I, I, I was at a, a Don Arduin thing the other day and David uh, Boyles was there. And one of the things that we discussed is, uh, you know, uh, a special needs, very um, intense special needs, I think is what it's called is 13 times it's a there's a multiplier of 12 or 13 in there on the amount of money that the school gets for that type of uh, that type of child to educate them so maybe that needs to be funded separately as a grant or something like that um the three-quarter payment that a school district gets if their population drops five percent now they still get three quarters of the funding that they got last year wow so you're continuing to get funding for kids that are no longer there. Well, what, what, how does that work? Right. So, right. So those things definitely need to be looked at. The, the schools in Anchorage that were built, I think Inlet View I heard was built for, to hold a certain number of kids. And now that it had dropped below a certain percentage of capacity, now all of a sudden the maximum number of kids that it could hold has shrunk. So yeah. I'm a little unclear if our kids are getting fatter and the teachers are getting fatter. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't say that on the radio, but I mean, how does the, how does the capacity of a school building, which is a sort of fixed in space, how does that shrink? You know? No, I mean, we've seen that for years. I fought back against that in Fairbanks. We had schools that were built with a, like a five, if a school was designed and built with a 500 student capacity and all of a sudden the borough or the school district says, well, the true capacity is only 325. Well, wait a second. That's not, how did you, well, you know, we got formulas and things and the deals and the other things, and all of a sudden we've got, so our schools are still at 100% capacity, even though they're truly only at 75% capacity. They're terrified, again, like you said, to shut down these schools. And again, the enrollment rate is projected to continue to decline. 
This is not, right. you know, this is not rocket science right now. And uh, they just don't want to see those monies. But, I mean, we've got 50-plus different school districts. We could consolidate. We could do all kinds of things. We could, uh, you know, create an insurance pool for all the districts together. I mean, there's so many different ways. And, yeah, maybe it's only $100 million here and $100 million there. But pretty soon you're talking about real money. Sure. I, I'm totally on board with any of that. We definitely need, and, and I wasn't on education last year, and I, it wasn't. It was more Ron Gillum's focus and Mike Prox and and others. But um, we definitely need to figure out a way to streamline our administration costs in the school districts. Fifty-three school districts is amazing. I think one of the islands in Southeast has three school districts on it. Right, all Prince, of Hawaii, Prince of Wales, all of Hawaii. Yeah. One school district. Yeah. Prince of Wales you know, has three different districts, you know, for a yeah. hundred kids or something. It's, it's insane. Um, all right. Well, we're coming up, uh, we're coming up on the break. I'm going to hold you over for one more. Why not? Um, sure. because it's my show. I can do whatever I want. I'm just going <laughs> to hold you over for one more segment. We're going to continue on. Kevin McCabe is our guest. The Michael Duke show continues. It is your home for common sense, Liberty days, Liberty based, free thinking, Radio. I talk for a living. It's uh, all good. Oh, I'm sorry. Prince of Wales has four school districts, not three. Somebody in the chat room just corrected me. I apologize. Uh, we're we're going to be back with more. Kevin McCabe is our guest. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Mental Suppository. The Michael Duke Show. That's right. You're a mental suppository. That's what we are. We just kind of go in there. We just kind of clean you out. That's what it's. Uh, that's what it's all about. When it's all said and done. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'll let you finish up here, Kevin. Final thoughts on education, because again, <laughs> I mean, just the. Well, before you answer that, let me just let me just again voice my displeasure at the political shenanigans of everybody screaming about how we haven't increased the BSA. It's gone up four point five percent, by the way. Okay, Uh, but we haven't increased the BSA and the children are suffering because we haven't funded education. I mean, they don't talk at all about the hundreds of millions of dollars that are spent in excess of the BSA, right? The BSA is just the starting point. They don't talk about that. So I'll let you finish up. Final thoughts on education here. Right. So, you know, transportation, all, all of that, all of that is in the mix. I think that the BSA absolutely needs to be um, looked at as far as the formula. We did this two years ago and we talked about the BSA and when you said things like, well, we're going to open up the BSA, then it was like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Just increase it. Well, maybe we need to open it up and look at it. Maybe maybe schools need to have an online checkbook just like the state does so we can get a little transparency and find out where the money is going. Maybe the health uh, insurance company that moved to Seattle so they didn't have to open their books uh, during negotiation with the NEA and the, uh, and the school districts Maybe we need to be able to see exactly how much money they have and if they're actually providing our teachers a a great service or not. You know, there's so much that's hidden from us that, that we really need to we need to figure it out. We need to get some transparency. And if we have to write legislation 
for an online checkbook for school districts and schools. Boy, I can't imagine how much pressure or pushback there's going to be on that. Boy, there's a you want to you want to see some hate uh, that, that right there. That will create the hate right there that you need. Um, final thoughts here as well on uh, not just K through twelve, but what about? Uh, what about the UA? What about the UA system? I mean, three systems, one overarching system. You got four levels of duplication there. I mean, what the hell? I mean, what what should we do there? Well, not only that, but it's a land grant university. Most land grant universities, or many of them, can now pay their own way using their using their land grants. We don't do that. We have horrible inefficiencies. I, I said it when I was running before, probably on your show. Why is the world-class marine biology program 470? I don't get it. You know, it's, it's just we have a southeast campus that could handle that or a Kodiak campus. Uh, too, too much. We, need to, we definitely need to solve the administration crisis or put together, it's not a crisis, but put together the administration of the of the three of them. And I think there's 13 satellite campuses, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, anyways, yeah, and, you know, if you think about it, you uh, university systems are a business. Yeah. And they're not complaining too much that, that they have to do remedial math for our kids because guess what? The kids pay for it. They get paid for that, right. And you broke up real quick there, but I think you're saying that the the preeminent marine biology, marine uh, school is in Fairbanks. It's in the interior, 400 miles from the coast. Yeah, so you broke up there. Your internet connection is getting a little slaggy. So, but uh, yeah, so definitely a, uh, a an interesting thing that landlocked Fairbanks is the number one place uh, in the state for marine biology and, and marine geology and everything else. Um, all right. <clears throat> we have five satellite campuses in Fairbanks alone, says Michael. Really? That, yeah. Just, I, I guess, I guess that's. Uh, but it's a big business. That's the one thing. And as soon as you start talking about that, uh, people start having a freak out because uh, somebody might lose their job. Well, I I hate, right. I hate to say it, but that's how you get efficiencies is when something's not needed anymore, you cut it. That's, that's how it works. Uh, that's how it works uh, right. for sure. Um, all right. Um, I'm just looking uh, at the time here. We got about 60 seconds. Uh, Kevin, uh, I don't know if you want to reconnect because your internet connection is getting super choppy and slaggy. So uh, I'm going to put you back in the green room. I'm going to let you reconnect here. You can disconnect and reconnect, and we will be ready for you when you return. Uh, The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. I see we got about 75 people uh, here in the various chat rooms. Uh, throughout the uh, throughout the things, but only 27 reactions. So if you'd like to like this video on YouTube or on uh, on on uh, Facebook, it helps with the algorithm. It helps that engagement. Uh, you know, drop a drop a comment in the chat room. Say hi if you haven't said hi yet. If you're just lurking, uh, feel free to say hi and let's get that uh, stuff going on. And if you'd like, go ahead and uh, make sure that you. Uh, uh, you l- subscribe and uh, ring the bell on YouTube. Those are all good stuff as well. I see Kevin's back with us here, so we're going to jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Let's let's do this thing. Here we go.
Well, you know what that means. Fight's on. Fight's on. We're going to duke it out here. Duke it out. Uh, Kevin McCabe joins us uh, in the uh, uh, the old program here this morning to finish things up. One final segment of the show. Um, We just finished talking about the two biggest budget items, health and social services and education. Uh, I'll give Kevin a chance to wrap any thoughts on any of those things before I move on to the, uh, the next part of my questioning. Uh, the next well, part of the interrogation here. Uh, go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> well, shifting back a little bit to our school systems and uh, education, K through 12 education, there's two Supreme Court decisions that are not in alignment or our Alaska statutes are not in alignment with those decisions, Janus and Espinoza. And both of those, we have got to adjust our statutes to align ourselves with, with them. Uh, so, uh, if we are in the majority, that will probably you will probably see two bills come out. Uh, if my office or somebody else's office uh, to to fix that, um, and that will that will help. That frankly, that will help. They will allow teachers that don't want to be part of the NEA to opt out at any time, and it will allow also allow for uh, Espinosa, I believe, allows for uh, non secular. Uh, money to go to non-secular schools, if you will, for education. So that will help as well. Um, so the, it dig, drives us back into the free market for schools, which I think is an important thing so that uh, parents can vote with their feet if their kids aren't getting the education they need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Kevin. Well, let's uh, let's get down into the nitty-gritty of when we return. Now, uh, making the assumption that uh, – you get reelected and you're now uh, you're back in the legislature. You're back in Juneau. What are the things that you're going to tackle as you come back into um, um, into uh, into Juneau? What are the things you're going to be focused on as you uh, as you get back into it? What what are, what are we at? Well, there's there's a number of things. And, you know, I've, I've taken some heat from Harold and others that, uh, oh, you know, the, the front license plate bill is wasted your time and you spend a lot of time. But frankly, that came from a constituent and it, it didn't take all, I mean, it took some effort and some time, but it, it wasn't like it was my major focus. So there are some other things that have come from you know, uh, constituents. Uh, one person wanted a bill that uh, talked about senior abuse as a crime. Apparently there's no criminal statutes if somebody abuses a senior. I'm still interested in an inspector general. I'm interested for schools. I, the school transparency. I'd like to change the uh, um, the ADM, uh, which is the average daily attendance uh, to daily, not just two weeks every year when they can when the schools can sort of manipulate their intent attendance. Um, I think performance audits are very good. Course point uh, point McKenzie and the rail spur. That's going to be a huge focus for all of us in the valley, especially. And North, you know, hopefully the Fairbanks uh, crew will get on board because it means as much to them as it does, as it does to us. Um, we uh, we've got to make that 14.5 square miles into an economic opportunity zone. I think Rep. Johnson, Delana Johnson, has a bill already to go for that, which would be really great. But we have to solve the rail problem out of there because no industry is going to come there if there's no transportation. Um, to get their, uh, you know, to get their uh, goods north into the interior. Right. 
Um, you were part of the fiscal policy working group, and uh, I think you need to turn your dining room light on there. You get super dark. Uh, the fiscal policy working group, uh, you were part of that, and that laid out kind of a roadmap for what we were doing uh, or what you thought you as a group thought we should be doing in the state to bring the fiscal uh, uh, you know, situation back on track. We've got, uh, hey, there you go. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, you know, we haven't had a fiscal plan in the state of Alaska for years. I mean, really, it's kind of just we make it up as we go along. So what what are your thoughts with the fiscal policy working group plan? Is that a good roadmap moving forward? I mean, I know that Look, it was made up between you as a conservative and some of the most progressive members out there. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. But what what do you say to the fiscal policy working group? Is it the roadmap that you would like to use moving forward? Or if not, what else is there? Well, I think it gives us the guidelines. I think it gives us the callers and controls that we need to go forward and, and at least have the conversation. So uh, a constitutional spending cap is a must. That's at the top of the Alaska Chamber's um ideas and thoughts of what they need from the from the legislature so we we have to resolve that uh, very first as part of that um, and it can't be based on last year's revenue that's ridiculous or the last three years revenue it has to be, or uh, spending rather it has to be based on revenue so uh, you know that's part of it and solve the pfd issue finding a way for increased uh, increased revenue somehow and my idea and most of our conservative ideas, resource development, we've got to, whether it be Nova Minerals, whether it be, um, uh, you know, Healy Coal or some of the other coal vein that we have in the, in the Susitna Valley, Matsu Valley, actually, um, all of that needs to be a part of the mix and a part of the discussion. Um, and, and I think that, again, there's lots of other issues in there, but the question should be, once the PFD is off the table, how do we fund all these things, right? I mean, how are we going to fund all these nice-to-haves that we have in the state government? Is that going to force us, if we get the PFD off the table, is that going to force us to acknowledge that we've got some deeper issues? Oh, well, sure. I, I mean, I listen to Brad Keithley all the time, and, you know, absolutely everybody needs to have skin in the game. I, you know, I'm a fiscal conservative Republican and I abhor taxes. But um, I also abhor socialism. And if we try to bump the PF up to $120 billion and just live off of that, uh, we make a mistake. Tom McKay said it on the floor. What happens to the private sector? We need a very robust private sector. And the only possible way to do that is to develop our resources and yeah. get to a structure like every other state is in. So Down to the last two minutes here, uh, Kevin McCabe, I know that you are going to be doing a big debate on Thursday. You and uh, Rob Myers, well, debate, I guess it's a presentation because the other side won't show up as a debate, but it's the last bite at the apple. Uh, you're doing the final call on the ConCon this Thursday. Give us some. Give us a rundown. Well, yeah, the Constitutional Convention, I'm not afraid of Alaskans. I, I work for Alaskan. Their vote is my vote. My vote is their vote. And I'm not afraid of what, uh, what they really do and what they want to do. Whoa. And I don't think it be- Whoa. You're pretty... <laughs> You're breaking up super bad here. Um, I'm sorry. You you were just your your <clears throat> your audio immediately became robot and something else. 
so let me just give a quick uh, brief for folks out there. Closing the deal Thursday, uh, September the th- excuse me uh, Thursday, November the third at the Marston Theater, the Lusack Library at six p.m. Rob Myers is coming down from Fairbanks. Kevin McCabe will be coming from Big Lake, and they're going to close the deal on the benefits of the Constitutional Convention. The Defender Constitution Group claims that they couldn't find anybody to debate their position, although we've seen it happen time and time and time again. As Kevin said earlier, they may feel comfortable that uh, that they have got this in the bag, and so they don't want to give the other side any ammunition, but uh, uh, you're going to be doing that. Final thoughts, uh, Kevin, here as we get ready to go out. Let's see if we got your connection up. Yeah, sorry. Everybody in Big Lake must be waking up, so the bandwidth is starting to shrink. Everybody's getting on the internet. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> So, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, VoteKevinMcCabe.org uh, is my website. And uh, phone number 907-229-3721. You can call me anytime. I'm readily available anywhere. I will meet you for coffee, talk to you on the phone, um, whatever I need to do. I'll even drive to Healy to meet you. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin McCabe, thank you, my friend. It's good to talk with you. We appreciate you being part of the program today. Hold the line for one second. Folks, we are out of time. We will see you tomorrow. Brad Keithley, Chris Story, and Brendan Carpenter all tomorrow right here at the Michael Duke Show. All right. Uh, <clears throat> final thoughts here, Kevin. That's exactly what I was thinking is that everybody in Big Lake is waking up and turning on their computers all at once. And, well, uh, it, as you know, I'm off the grid, so all of my Internet connection goes through the cell service. And, yeah. Uh, that's happens weekends are horrible we don't even try to get on the computer on weekends yeah that's a that's a tough thing i can't yeah. wait for elon musk's starlink i'm a i'm a beta i'm a beta tester for starlink so i'm waiting for my unit to arrive and i'm sure you guys will be like yes we'll put that out there one gig up and down that'll be a fantastic situation uh but right. but final thoughts kevin for anything for you here we're going to uh um we're going to talk with you uh, uh you know g- give you a shot here one final bite at the apple whatever you got to say yeah, so you know I'm uh, struggling a little bit with uh, with my opponent who has uh, you know well he only passed one bill and and that sort of thing and he doesn't like to go north and you know and it's I would just urge anybody that has a question whether it be Second Amendment whether it be uh, First Amendment whether it be pro life or whether it be hey do you mind going north to Healy just give me a call I'm happy to discuss any one of those uh, or an email. So uh, Kevin at KevinJMcCabe.com, vote KevinMcCabe.org, or my phone number, 907-229-3721. Happy to talk with anybody. I've talked to many of the folks that are in the chat room, Lee, Terry, Chambers, uh, even Harold. So uh, happy to That's that's treading on dangerous ground there, talking to Harold. That's it. It's all good. Uh, although Harold did say that uh, uh, Harold did say here in the chat room. I just wanted to see it. Uh, he said uh, uh, he said uh, definitely need. Um, I'm looking for it here. He he actually said something nice. Uh, he said uh, Kevin is the guy that you want to go back. So that's what it's all about. Uh, I appreciate that. Kevin has been solid. There we go. Kevin has been solid. He's the one you want in Juno. So, you know, even a stopped clock is right twice a day. That's all I'm saying. So it's, I appreciate that, Harold. Kevin McCabe, thank you, my friend, for coming on board and joining us. Uh, good luck. I can't wait to see how your uh, presentation goes this Thursday, and I can't wait to see what happens 
coming a week tomorrow, Tuesday, Election Day. Thank you for being part of the program today. We appreciate it. Yes, sir, Michael. Thank you. Have a great uh, day. All right. We'll see you later. Kevin McCabe, uh, our guest, The Michael Duke Show. That's it for us today, folks. Big thanks out to Scotty, who is the latest member of the Common Sense Corps. No, this way. Common Sense Corps. We want to say thank you to Scotty for becoming a member and helping to support us. If you'd like to support the show, just go to MichaelDukeShow.com. Click on Join the Corps. Join the Corps. And you can help support the show for as little as a cup of coffee a uh, a month. I was going to say a day. That would be awesome. But no, a cup of coffee a month, you can support the show. All right, folks, that's it for today. We are done. We will see you tomorrow. Have a groovy day. We'll see you then. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people 
It's the Michael Duke Show.